Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with author Annie Barrows and illustrator Sophie Blackhall about the 10th book in their best-selling Ivy and Bean series, Ivy and Bean Take the Case, which finds the two best friends on the hunt for mysteries to solve. It's just been published by Chronicle Books, which is sponsoring this podcast. Annie, Sophie, thanks for speaking with me. Uh, it's a great pleasure, so far at least. <laughs> uh, so Annie, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, the series began back in 2006, uh, as far as when the first uh, book was published. Did you ever expect that you'd be on book 10 come 2013? I had absolutely no clue. It's, it took You could have knocked me over with a feather when other people besides my own family uh, started liking the book and reading the books. And um, it was a it was completely a surprise, a wonderful surprise for me. And uh, you know, you're also I believe you're already in the midst of touring for the new book. Um, what have the uh, the events been like so far, and what sort of things have you been hearing from kids? Well, mostly what I'm hearing from kids is, oh, come on, read another chapter. Um, we've been having a lot of fun because, as you know, this is a um, this is a mystery. This book, I've been being take the case, and so I have been trying to um, create a uh, professional development for private investigators at each of my events. Um, and I've been hiding things in the bookstores. Um, I have a Barbie head and a little tube of toothpaste and a big long yellow rope, and I sort of um, put them in unobtrusive places around the bookstore, and then ask the kids if they can if they see anything that looks out of place. And um, of course, they point out all the things that are actually part of the bookstore first. But then, usually, somebody finds the Barbie head and screams. And we've been having a lot of fun with that. Excellent. Uh, how about you, Sophie? Uh, given that the series has been running for several years now, uh, what sort of letters have you maybe received or interactions have you had with uh, with kids over the years? Um, one of my favorite uh, uh, phone calls I received, and, and Annie has heard this before, uh, was a woman who who called and 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 said, you know, in a lovely breathy voice, "Is is that?" Sophie Blackall, the, the, the illustrator of Ivy and Bean, and, and you know, I, I puffed up. I was all excited. I said, why? Yes, as it happens. And she said, oh, I'm just, could, could you, do you know how I could get in touch with Annie Barrows? Because I'm <laughs> such a fan. <laughs> um, which which I, just still makes me laugh. It was a great moment. I hope you moment. slammed in the phone. Um, <laughs> I said, I'll give you her home address, her phone <laughs> number. Um, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just always a thrill to get um, um, to get letters and, and drawings from kids, especially for me to get drawings. Um, I just did the uh, Princeton Book Festival on the weekend and had a, um, a drawing for a drawing competition. So at the end of the day, I gave away a piece of the original art from the, the last Ivy and Bean book. And in return, I asked kids to, to draw uh, their versions of Ivy and Bean. And I had about 75 of the most fantastic drawings. Um, Ivy and Bean in some looked like peanuts, uh, in others remarkably like beetles. Uh, there was one random <laughs> rabbit just thrown in there. Um, but they're just, just great and, and made me very, very happy. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, now, Annie, uh, do you feel like Ivy and Bean have uh, grown and changed with the series over the years, or are you trying to keep the sort of opposites attract aspect of their relationship at the core of uh, these stories? Well, I'm trying to keep them um, consistent because I do feel that seven 
years old is pretty much the pinnacle of life. And I don't <laughs> want them to change. I want them to be exactly the way they are. And this you know, sort of dovetails with my philosophy um, that kids are basically perfect exactly the way they are. Or not perfect, because perfect's boring, but they're great the way mm-hmm. they are. Um, and so I've, I think that, you know, perhaps... Uh, they've gotten a little bit um, more loquacious, a little bit more um, uh, able to understand their own feelings over the course of the series. But I have tried to keep them good, solid seven-year-olds and uh, good, solid friends and keep them true to their characters throughout. That's been my goal. There's also, if I can jump in there, in, in the last book, there's a there's a really lovely kind of mutual loyalty and, and understanding that feels like a uh, a very rewarding culmination of the the years of that they have been seven the years and years of of friendship <laughs> right. in their seven year old lives mm-hmm. um, that they that they can interpret one another's bug eyed look or you know subtle kind of eye roll um, perfectly as best friends can. Yes, they have reached that point, yeah. And uh, Sophie, uh, to go back to the beginning, how did you originally come to get involved with this uh, particular series? Uh, uh, the, the, it's, it's the now um, old story, but um, Annie, uh, Victoria Rock, the editor of the series, and I all had seven-year-old daughters. Um, and Annie and Victoria uh, cooked up the um, idea for the series together. And then I think my name was, was thrown in the hat, um, not entirely or purely because I had a seven-year-old daughter, but that was a, a, a neat um, coincidence. Uh, and, and, and I was just asked to do some character drawings. Um, and Annie had described them so beautifully in, in the beginning that um, they, were, they, they came out fully formed. So although Annie did have this moment of panic in the night, I think a bad dream where she thought that the, I was going to draw them as squirrels. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then it was just a huge relief that they were actually human girls. Well, now I feel yeah. like I have to ask uh, how much of maybe yourselves at a certain age or how much of your daughters uh, end up sort of populating these girls or becoming parts of these girls? Well, they are they are based on a variety of different real life characters, you know, but it's um, it's sort of a mixture. There are ingredients of me and of my daughters and of the a whole bunch of wacko little kids that I know are mixed into Ivy and Bean. And there are really some things that are taken straight from life. Um, in each of the books, uh, you know, in Ivy and Bean Take the Case, is parts of it are based on my own problems as a child. Um, after reading Nancy Drew, I really thought that if I just stepped outside the front door, I was going to find me a distraught dowager or, you know, a haunted bungalow or something was going to happen. And I stepped out my front door and, of course, nothing happened at all. So Ivy and Bean is sort of, um, Ivy and Bean Take the Case is sort of a riff on that problem. Um so I am using the stuff from my lives and my kids' lives and, you know, assorted children I steal from as I travel around the country. Um, but there's no one-to-one correlation. Mm-hmm. I think that, that wouldn't be fair. What about for you, Sophie? Are, you, are there definitely recognizable, you know, friendship moments or child uh, moments of childhood that you are always sort of recognizing in the books? 
Um, well, I, like Annie, I think I you know steal from children around me uh, constantly. That's that's really their role in uh, in life. I think is is to provide um, uh, entertainment and and ideas to steal. Uh, but um, on my on my walk to the studio every morning, I, I pass um, about three public schools. So um, I, I'm often at risk of of being kind of um, accused of stalking or something. So I, I follow kids with endearing mismatched outfits and and um, extraordinary collections of things tied onto their backpacks and, and I scribble notes and snap pictures with my phone and, um, and, and store them all away for my repertoire of, of kids. Uh, but they just, just the way they walk and the way they talk to each other and as Ivy and Bean... Um, in in this book, uh, they're discussing something on the way home from school and, and playing straight jacket, uh, that game where you, you have to walk in a straight line until you hit something. Um, and, you know, that's just completely normal for a kid to, to be doing something like that. Um, you know, Annie's just, she's nailed it. Uh, I saw a kid um, just last week uh, who was just walking backwards with his eyes closed with his backpack on. And I said, <laughs> yes, of course you are. Didn't seem to be an adult anywhere around. You knew where the, roughly where the corner was. <laughs> as far as the book's coming together, is, is, it, a, is it a collaborative process or do, do you guys sort of inhabit your own separate uh, worlds? Annie, do you have um, sort of input or when you look at with the, as far as the visuals and things like that? Well, I, I guess I do. I mean, for a long time, they, the editors and the publisher tried to keep us apart. They didn't even give me Sophie's phone number for about three years because they thought I would be a bad influence. Um, but now they have now that they have allowed us to to speak and to actually meet now now we're quite fond of each other and we do sometimes communicate um generally the the general protocol is that i write the story and then when it's done, it gets sent to Sophie because it would be really terrible if um, she got an early draft of the manuscript and she went to the trouble of drawing something and then it turned out not to be in the book. That would seem that would be a really bad thing. So I try to get it pretty finished before Sophie sees it, and then um, she does her work and I see the sketches. But usually, I gotta say they're really spot on and perfect and fabulous. And so I just say, "Oh yay! Oh this is great! Oh I love this!" <laughs> That's pretty much my editorial input. Okay. And, um, you know, as, we, as has been mentioned, the new book is all about uh, detectives and investigating. Uh, it's certainly something I was obsessed with as a child. I have a, a very strong memory of my brother and I pretending to be detectives at a elementary school craft fair, which was not exactly a hotbed of crime. Uh, but Annie, were you drawn to detective stories as a child, either in books and film or now? Well, I was a little bit bitter about detective stories um, because of the Nancy Drew debacle. I guess. Um, you know, they... They, I, I really did think once I read, you know, two Nancy Drew books that it gave me kind of a, um, it skewed my worldview. I really did think that there were going to be mysteries all over the place. And um, so I just, I went out and looked for them and I couldn't find any, of course. And then I decided that the best solution to that was to pretend to other people that there were mysteries that had, you know, that they had, that had eluded them, that, you know, they were too stupid to figure out. And so I would go prowling around looking very intent. And then when people asked me what I was doing, I would, you know, just sort of shake my head despairingly because they were clearly not, you know, paying enough attention. So that was pretty much my entire detective career was um, just trying to, you know, make other people feel bad. Hmm. 
And uh, Sophie, did the uh, did the detective motif of this new story let you have sort of particular fun with the girls this time? And did you have any particular favorite images from the the new book? Uh, I always love I always love the um, the the imagined images. Um, I have you know a great time with those the the little rubbery white uh, man who was possibly um, uh, uh, responsible for some of the, the the mysteries taking place in Pancake Court um, was just d- delightful. I'd like to bring him back <laughs> uh, to have a little role of his own somewhere. Um, uh, but uh, yes, the, 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 they always have very fun things coming out of their heads in, in thought bubbles, um, which as a child I thought, uh, I thought actually happened. I thought when you went to sleep at night and, and dreamed that if somebody else happened to be awake walking in your room, they would see what you were dreaming above your head, which sometimes was a little embarrassing in the morning. I would think, oh, gosh, I hope my mother didn't come in last night. That's so funny. I used to think it came out your ears. Your thoughts would come out of your ears in the night. And so if you didn't want anyone to know what you were thinking about at night, you could put your pillow over your ear and you'd be okay. That's so funny. I never met anybody else who thought that. Oh, see, Evan, <laughs> you were destined for each other. <laughs> yeah, excellent story fodder there, an idea fodder. I think it's a, all, all of our thoughts leaking out our brains. Um, so, I'd love to talk a little bit about uh, Ivy and Bean Day. Um, you know, there have been events at schools and libraries, uh, bookstores across the country celebrating uh, this annual event. Uh, Annie, can you talk a bit about how it all came together and uh, maybe where it's headed? Well, it is so completely cool what Chronicle has done. They, you know, they always are pretty much, you know, the the apex of cool event materials and stuff. They do such great stuff, but this mm. year they have totally outdone themselves because for every event, there's an event kit. Um, there's an event kit with kind of serious events like like games and word search and stuff, and then there are the events. Uh, the activities that I made up, um, which are um, somewhat messier and more problematic in a bookstore, but they still very kindly included them in the event kit. There are stickers, there are bookmarks, there are posters. And then they did this super great thing. They've got these door hangers, Ivy and Bean door hangers. And on one side, it says, keep out, I'm reading. And on the other side, it says, come on in. And it has a picture of Ivy and Bean with her arms around each other. And so kids are completely ecstatic about this stuff. And every bookstore can go get an event kit and have an Ivy and Bean party on Ivy and Bean Day. So they've got everything everything a person could ever desire to have an Ivy and Bean take the case party is in this event kit. I mean, there's fake glasses. There's a sign for becoming your very own private investigator. It's super. I mean, the booksellers that I talk to are just overwhelmed at how easy it is. They're just like, oh my gosh, you guys have taken care of the whole thing for me. Chronicle's really done it up this year. Excellent. And, uh, you know, Annie, uh, this you know, being the 10th book, do you have a, a sense of what the, the scope of the series might be going forward? Or well, I'm, I'm taking a break this year, but, I, you know, I just, I, so there won't be a book coming out next year, but should, I've, I can't help myself. I, it's, it's like Ivy and Bean stories just come to me in the night. They come leaking out my ears, I guess. And <laughs> I, you know, I think I'm not going to be able to leave my darling girls for very long. So we'll see. We might, there might, there may be more coming down the pipeline, but I know there won't be another Ivy and new Ivy and Bean book um, next fall. That much All, I do know. Although we are, we are working on some other kind of um, maybe a, a, a journal kind of 
fancy, crafty kind of a thing um, yeah. that, that might come your, out next year. your own adventure. Right, I've yes. Make stuff, do stuff. Yeah. Um, but it'll be not, it'll be Ivy and Bean-like, which means, you know, funny and odd and, and um, yeah, cool. Excellent. And, you know, Annie, are there any sort of non-Ivy and Bean projects you might be uh, thinking about or does taking a break mean taking a break Uh, oh no it doesn't really mean taking a break Uh, (laughs) i'm going to be coming the next book that's going to be coming out um for kids will be coming out next fall and it's going to be a sequel to my mid-grade novel uh which was the magic calf which was published in 2008 and i've written a sequel to it so that's going to be coming out next fall and i wish i could tell you the title but i don't know what it is yet (laughs) seeking solicitations um i'm taking bows how about you, Sophie? You, you've already had several books out uh, this year in addition to this one. You want to talk about um, any of those or what, what might be next? Yes. Um, uh, another book that's coming out this fall is uh, written by uh, John Bellman's Marciano, who I share a studio with, um, called The Nine Lives of Alexander Battenfield, which is um, a hilarious, dark story about a, a very, very, very bad boy. Um, and then I have uh, several other picture books in the works, um, one of which I'm working on is very, very ambitious um, um, but I love the idea, and that is to, to make a book which children in every country in the world will find funny. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying wow. to find, yeah, it's uh, such modest I, I, goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm traveling. I just found out this morning. I'm, I'm traveling to, to Rwanda in December uh, to work with um, Save the Children with a, a, a child literacy international child literacy um, project, which is very very exciting. So. Well, wait, so uh, wait, Sophie, are you going to like find a joke that works for every single kid that's, in the world? That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think, I think my oh, suggestion is, laugh. just think about it. I know bananas are really, yes. you, bananas are always fun. That's all I can tell you. Bananas. <laughs> yeah. They don't have many of them in Iceland, but, um, oh my gosh, you're right. You have to get Iceland. Oh, in there too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's problematic. It's keeping <laughs> me awake at night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, if I think of something, I'll let you know. Please do. Toilets are always funny. It is true. <laughs> They're always funny. Oh, and if I can quickly um, mention something else that is, is exciting. Um, uh, Annie and I are, are, are sharing our girls um, with, uh, with measles, which sounds really odd, like something you don't really want to share measles with anybody. Um, but uh, Ivy and Bean... Um, are going to be ambassadors for uh, for immunization against measles, um, which is a project with the American Red Cross and UNICEF and the UN Foundation and the Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization, who are all working together to um, aim to eliminate measles uh, worldwide by 2020. And um, Ivy and Bean have, have a lot to say about this, which is very exciting. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Well, uh, both uh, wish you both of you the best of luck with your national and international travels for uh, for the books. And uh, thank you again for speaking with me. Thank Thanks you so much, John. Well, once again, I've been speaking with Annie Barrows and Sophie Blackall, whose latest addition to the Ivy and Bean series is Ivy and Bean Take the Case, published by Chronicle. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. <laughs>